Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Glad you're with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Indiana, not in the top 25. The new AP poll came out yesterday. We'll tell you where the Hoosiers are at. But Purdue, back in the number one slot. Also, a little IU football news today as well. Some interesting comments yesterday and a rare off-season update from Coach Allen on the quarterback slot. Of course, Taven Jackson, the brother of Trace Jackson Davis, now in the fold for the football Hoosiers next year. But an update on Dexter Williams, at least some extent of an update for Dexter Williams from Coach Allen yesterday. And, uh, again, some interesting comments. So we'll, we'll visit that coming up here in just a few minutes. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment. We'll have our daily headlines, our news and notes as we go around IU and local sports and more today. Also, Tuesdays, we're joined by Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, always a great guest. Today, we'll cover IU basketball, of course. We'll take a look at the Minnesota game coming up very soon. And we'll get into some other things. I know Trace Jackson Davis is a daily topic on this program. There are some other players I want to get into conversation with with Mike today when he joins us. And a little more on the IU women as well. They continue to set a lot of milestones. They are having a record season. And as we start to think about Big Ten tournaments in the NCAA, and I feel like I'm mentioning that almost on a daily basis as we head into late January now, the IU women could be a lot of fun to follow in the postseason they really could and so we'll cover some of that uh, here in just a bit today uh, that's the show lineup a service of honey baked ham in new albany don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered you can dine in take them to go and curbside service is still available as well at honey baked ham in new albany also the thornton's text line i think we've already got a message today that we'll get to here in just a bit, but the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. And right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards so you can earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. Let's get into some headlines from today. Not a real heavy news day out there, to be quite honest, but a number of things to cover here in this opening segment. First off, the AP poll came out yesterday. Indiana, uh, get this now, second highest ranked Big Ten team in the AP poll, and Indiana not in the top 25 right now. They were the second most in the conference to get votes. They had 61 total votes. 
which put them just outside of the top 25. I think the second spot outside. So if you're scoring at home, Indiana technically would be number 27 in the most recent edition of the poll. I really did think that Indiana might scoot back into the poll with the three wins, who, who they've been over, how Indiana's played, maybe how some people are, again, projecting them to do. Uh, but they did not. They're close, but no cigar. Uh, Indiana, a week ago, did not receive one single vote in the uh, AP poll for the AP Top 25. So that changed in a great way, getting 61 yesterday. But as good as this conference is, as dangerous as this conference is, we're kind of getting into the point of the year, uh, three, three and a half weeks back into conference play, where people have beat up on each other so month so much that I think it it, it there's there's only again Purdue in the top 25, uh, or Indiana just outside of the top 25. Obviously, I think if you're really keeping track, there's multiple top 25 teams in the Big Ten Conference, but no question that uh, they're kind of beating up on themselves uh, and taking some losses, and a few of them have dropped out of things, which is interesting for this point of the year. But Purdue back at number one, of course. That number one spot uh, happened and allowed because of uh, Houston's uh, loss of the top spot. They were defeated over the weekend. Uh, but uh, Purdue number one, Indiana number 27. And uh, as far as uh, other teams in the poll, just kind of breaking it down of where the season's at. Arizona, remember that game, Indiana against Arizona and Vegas. Arizona six, Kansas is ninth. Xavier, who Indiana defeated, continuing to have a good season. They're at number 13. North Carolina, who Indiana defeated, receiving votes. Also, Rutgers, who beat Indiana, receiving votes. Michigan State, who Indiana just beat on Sunday, receiving votes. Illinois, who Indiana just beat, receiving votes. And then finally on that list, Wisconsin, who Indiana beat to kind of get out of the the gutter and start this nice little stretch. They are also receiving votes as well. But that is a look at the Top 25 rankings, Alabama number two. I had a chance to see just a bit of their game over the weekend, and they are really good as well. They were a candidate, I think, for that number one position also. But that's where things stand in the AP poll. Probably the most interesting, and I know obviously so so little about this. It's new, and I just don't keep up with it as I should. But the NCAA's net ratings, ultimately, that's what's going to decide this Indiana team's entry into the tournament, which, again, I think they're safe for that. You never know. Uh, but also uh, what seed they get. And in the latest edition of the net ratings uh, rankings uh, tool, they call it, uh, out from the NCAA, Indiana currently number 19, according to the latest net. That's a 13-spot improvement over the last week. Their win over Illinois, that was a quad one victory. Indiana is now two wins, five losses in quad one games. But uh, a lot better stat for this IU team, they are three wins and one loss in quad two. And really, if you look at their rest of their resume, quad three and quad four games they've had, Indiana does not have any bad blemishes on their record. I know that quad one record at two and five probably isn't what you'd like it to be. But as far as quad three, quad four, Indiana eight and zero on the season. So uh, it, just kind of thinking about things from a net perspective, an NCAA net rankings tool perspective, which we probably should do more because of how important it is for postseason. Indiana's game at Minnesota on Wednesday is a quad three game. So that would not be good on the resume uh, if Indiana were to drop a quad three loss. But with how this team is playing, even though it's on the road, 
I'd be surprised if they lost. However, just remember, a week and a half ago, this team uh, would not have surprised me if they lost to Minnesota or any team by any amount of points, to be quite honest. That's just where things were at. Uh, But a win over Ohio State the following game after the Minnesota game tomorrow would be a quad one victory. And I think Ohio State may be slipping a little bit. Indiana on an uptick. Let's see if they can continue that through the Minnesota game because, to be quite honest, to keep that Minnesota win is big, but any win in the conference is big. But, boy, that Ohio State win on Saturday, a quad one win to add to your resume here in late January to really close out the month for the Hoosiers, I think would be really, really good. Also, the IU women, they remain number six in the country uh, for the fourth straight uh, week. And I saw this week they have the women have three games uh, this week, including two against top 15 ranked teams. So Michigan uh, coming up and then also Ohio State on Thursday. And then a Rutgers to close out the week for the IU women. So a lot of movement there potentially for them as a big week unfolds here over the next few days. Also, got to talk about Trace Jackson Davis. You can't have a... The streak that he's had, the weekend that he has had, the game he had against Michigan State without a little bit more conversation about him, none of this should be a surprise, but he was honored on Monday as the Naismith Trophy Player of the Week, also the ESPN.com Player of the Week and the NCAA March Madness Player of the Week. Uh, Those publications respectively announced on Monday. He averaged 33 points on the mark. 12 rebounds exactly, 4.5 assists, and 4.0 blocks in a two-game stretch that saw Indiana knock off Illinois on the road, 80-65, and then Michigan State, another very impressive win for this team at home, 82-69. In the last 25 seasons, TJD is the only Division I men's college basketball player to score at least 65 points, tally 20 rebounds, 8 assists, and nine block shots in a two-game stretch. It's really amazing as we start talking about TJD Trace moving up the all-time Hoosier list. He's had so many things, whether it's triple doubles or double doubles or things about how many points, rebounds, and assists and block shots in a two-game stretch that uh, nobody has matched in 25 seasons. He's beginning to set some real records, some very impressive things when you put it all together collectively. And keep in mind, it was just what, a number of weeks ago that Trace appeared to be beat up. He missed a couple games, and uh, definitely uh, he's back and appears to be healthy and appears to be very dominant right now, no matter what defensive scheme that a Big Ten opposing head coach throws at him. So uh, good stuff from Trace Jackson Davis, and I wanted to spend a minute to kind of recap things. Also, producer Justin Kalen corrects me. Indiana women and Michigan was last night and Indiana women won that game 92-83. So they start their big win with a win over a top 15, uh, and that's big for them as uh, I think, again, when we think about March and what they could do, uh, it could be a lot of fun to follow the IU women this season. No question about that. Also, we got to hear from Tom Allen yesterday. I did not get a chance to go through everything that Coach Allen had to say. He did for the first time this offseason off update Dexter Williams II, who was injured in that Purdue game for the Hoosiers, he said, quote, Dexter is doing great. He's still attacking his rehab. Still don't know what the future holds in regard to the season. Obviously, initially, it was the diagnosis was that he would be out for the whole year. It would be a 12-month recovery, so there is opportunities maybe for that to increase a little bit. I just think that time will tell. So 
no real update, but good to hear that he's doing well and hopefully on track for a recovery. Of course, it does make the quarterback room more interesting because if he is available to go at the start of the season, he's got some real competition with Taven Jackson, a transfer coming in from the portal from Tennessee, a former four-star recruit when he dominated things at Center Grove High School here in our state. But also, uh, he mentioned yesterday that there's potential of adding a veteran quarterback. So we assume that means from the transfer portal. Uh, And I know that we're not thinking much about IU football right now with all the IU hoops excitement, but it is interesting to think what the IU quarterback room could look like if Williams is healthy, Jackson obviously there, and potentially a veteran quarterback, and in addition to go with some other young guys uh, that are going to be in that QB room for the Hoosiers next season. But definitely uh, kind of interesting to think about IU's quarterback slot, quarterback position uh, for next year. Local things, Tuesday night. I think we've got a few high school basketball games tonight, but one of the things I wanted to mention from last night, Brownstown and Silver Creek, that game was reconvened after a week ago Friday. It was delayed and uh, postponed because of a broken backboard. But the final score last night when that thing played out was Brownstown 85 and Silver Creek 74. So I think we're seeing Silver Creek improve to keep it basically around 10 points against a, a solid and really good Brownstown team. But the takeaway from that game last night, Jack Benner, who caused all the commotion by dunking and shattering the backboard, which caused the game to have to be moved to Monday night, He finished the game with 48 points last night. Unbelievable. 48 points by Jack Benner last night. Uh, Obviously, that lets you know his hand has healed, and he is healthy after some concern about uh, him cutting things and and being in glass there. Obviously, a scary situation. But 48 points as the lore of Jack Benner at Brownstown continues to grow. I hear more and more people saying, we got to make a trip to Brownstown or to a Brownstown game to watch him play. He is a good player and going to be interesting to see as he moves through his high school career, ultimately what type of college player he could be. Because, you know, for the IU fans listening to this show, you're likely going to see him like Trey Kaufman-Wren for the next number of years once he arrives at Purdue. Um, So definitely an interesting player to watch here and having a great year at Brownstown. And then 31 points last night for Caden Oliver of Silver Creek. He had a big game against New Albany. He's had big games basically every trip out this season, but a monster performance by him. Uh, He had a great start in the first half before the game was postponed, but a great start by him, or I should say a great finish by him last night, as really it was better against Oliver. Brownstown comes out on top over Silver Creek 85 to 74. We'll head to a commercial break. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. We'll head to a break and come back with more, including a conversation on IU basketball with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, the latest on IU, and uh, of course, the latest on IU Minnesota coming up tomorrow. Could be, should be a fun game if Indiana doesn't drop the ball or go in reverse to where they've been playing recently. And then I think a really big game, a good one coming up on Saturday for this Indiana team against Ohio State. I hate to say this, but if Indiana can go on the road and get Minnesota tomorrow night, four in a row, if they could get Ohio State on Saturday, a quad one win, that would be huge for this team. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. We've got uh, some questions or some messages in, and I'll work those in here in this segment. One of them, Texter writes, I wish college teams played out-of-conference games at the end of the year so national rankings were more realistic. Yeah, that is an interesting point for sure. Uh, Also, uh, a question for Mike Schumann that we'll get to here in just a few moments from another listener. Mike, uh, welcome in. Mike is with the Daily Hoosier, and he joins us on Tuesday. And I tell you what, Mike, if you went back to our conversation uh, maybe two weeks ago from today, we would be talking completely different about this team. It's unbelievable the jump, the improvement, and the progress that they have made, led by Trace Jackson Davis in the last eight or nine days. Yeah, no doubt about it, Matt, and thanks for having me. The The sky was falling. We were writing the obituary. We were starting to think ahead to recruiting. <laughs> it was just like, you know, all the overreactions that, you know, I'm guilty of and everyone else is guilty of. Um, it, it looked pretty bleak. Um, it certainly didn't look like Indiana could win three in a row with three respected programs, three respected coaches, all by double figures. I mean, I, I certainly did not have that in my sights, um, you know, I, I didn't think that they were as bad as they looked, but I certainly didn't think that they could turn it around this fast and more important, this convincingly. It's it's the margin of wins and how good they've looked in the second halves of these games. That's that's really impressed me. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, I want to start with Trace Jackson Davis, rightfully so. Um, in the first segment today, I mentioned three or four awards that he won this week, and I know. You know, ESPN has their own thing. All these publications have their own Player of the Week. Uh, the NCAA even has a March Madness Player of the Week to build up to the tournament, which is cool. But uh, great honors by Trace. Uh, Big Ten Player of the Week, probably the best of the bunch. He continues to just do some uncanny things. And when you stop and look, and we had this conversation yesterday with Zach on the show, when you stop and really look at his stat lines, the box scores, where he stands all time, in three or four different categories now as a Hoosier. Uh, it's unbelievable what he's doing and how efficiently he's doing it. He is putting together just a, a season. I knew he would be good. I think we all did. But he is putting a season together, especially since conference play has resumed here in January, that is almost unbelievable. It, it really is. And, you know, I, I'm guilty, you know, if he gets a double-double by halftime. I don't even think I tweet it anymore because it's just like, okay, another double-double for, for Trace, no big deal. But but this past week, when you saw the you know the averages of over two games that he put together, that, that really reminded you he has significantly improved. And, and I think we have all, you know, been focused on whether or not he's going to make jump shots for, for the last three years. You know, that's obviously not, not the case. But he's improved in other ways significantly. The, the one that stands out to me more than anything is his post touches. When, when he gets the ball, he, he 
when he was a freshman and sophomore, he would get the ball and he would get himself in trouble, either you know trying to dribble through traps or you know shooting off balance shots, kind of fading away from length in contact. Now he's very patient. That, that's the thing that keeps standing out to me is very patient. He assesses what the defense is trying to do to him, and he get, he gets a lot of different looks from defenses, whether it's traps or digs or doubles or you know, little hedges in his direction or, or nothing at all. And he's got to process that very quickly and know what to do and where, where to look to, to make the right play. And that, that was what really stood out to me against Michigan State is, you know, he, they, they got him a couple of times when he turned his back and, and they dug it out and got a steal. But, you know, some of the passes he was making, um, you know, diagonal passes that were just exactly where the ball needed to go, and he knew it. He read exactly what was going on. Um, he's also, you know, he set up one of Tamar Bates' threes uh, in the second half by himself taking the ball, pushing it up the court. You know, he was initiating the break, and the defense was so focused on, on him leading the break that they all collapsed in the lane and left Tamar Bates wide open for a three. Um, things like that, you know, the. You know, the three-point shot probably isn't going to happen, but you know now that he is healthy again, his back is clearly better than it was. He said it, he said that's the case. His athleticism is back. I think he's a better shot blocker this year than he's ever been. The, the numbers bear that out. He's, I think he's even being more patient as a shot blocker. He, he's his timing is, you know, he, he provides so much in that regard because I think Indiana over the over this winning streak has. De- realize that, hey, we don't need to overhelp on defense. We've got an elite shot blocker on the back end that can clean up, you know, our mistakes, clean up guys that get past us. So they've, they've leveraged that to a much greater deal. So that, you know, those are just some examples I see of how he is a much improved player. He, he's the, the veteran senior uh, leader on the court that, that you'd hope he would have turned into, and he certainly has. Yeah, no question. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, joining us. Uh, let's go to the text line for a moment. Texter says, with the way this team has learned to play with each other, it is gelling. Do you insert race and X back into the starting lineup when they are fully healthy, or do you have them come off the bench? That is a really tough question, and only one person that can really answer it. It's Mike Woodson and those that are in his support staff and assistant coaches. Uh, this team is playing great with race still hurt, and even though he came back, he's not in not back to full health yet. And then, obviously, Xavier Johnson's still out, and we don't really know a time frame, but we suspect he'll be back at some point. That's a tough, tough situation to see this team surge and do well without those guys. If you're the coach, what do you do when two of your longtime starters are back and ready to go? Yeah, very, very tough, very interesting question, as you suggested. You know, Mike Woodson, by and large, has, has been a stick-to-my-starting lineup guy, you know, both in first half and second half. Um, he, he's made some tinkers here and there this year that, that have shown that he's he's been a little bit more flexible in that regard, kind of, you know, he went to Tamar Bates and then went back to Trey Galloway um, when he saw that wasn't getting him what he needed for my overall impact on the court. But, um, you know, obviously race and expert were stars at the beginning of the year when they are 100%, which I, I don't think race was quite there yet on Sunday. Um, I don't know how much of that was conditioning versus, you know, just, you know, not being comfortable or, or whatever the case may be. But obviously sooner than later, he is going to be there. Um, and what do you do? That, that That is a really good question. 
I, I, I don't have, I don't even have a prediction for it because I, I can see it going both ways. Like, why in the world would you break up this momentum that you found? But at the same time, you know, both of those guys are, you know, I think Thompson started more than 75 games in his career and, and Xavier Johnson is probably over a hundred games that, that he has started. So it's it's a really tough one. I mean, Xavier Johnson will probably be even more difficult because you know he, he's going through a, a more strenuous rehab. Actually, had surgery. Actually, has to get himself back in shape. But whenever that day comes, that that he is back to a hundred percent. I mean, he was a guy that if, if you go back to the Xavier and North Carolina games, he was the best guard for Indiana on the court in those two games. You know, massive early season wins. So, are you really gonna? you know, have him come off the bench, I, I don't know, because how good has Jalen Hutchifino been? How good has Drake Galloway been? And, and, you know, obviously on Sunday, how good has Tamar Bates been? I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Um, it's it's going to definitely be a defining aspect uh, of the late part of the season, though, that's for sure. Yeah, what a challenging situation. I guess it's a good problem to have, but um, it, it's definitely something that's going to be really interesting to see as it unfolds especially if this team continues to play well. And, Mike, speaking of playing well, an opportunity to go on the road against just an okay Minnesota team uh, coming up tomorrow for this team. That's a game, and you wrote this, and kind of got me thinking about net ratings. I talked about it some this morning. But the Minnesota game is dangerous in the fact that this team's playing well, and you expect them to get the win even on the road. But it would be a bad loss because of Minnesota, a quad three team. Uh, Indiana is a perfect 8-0 against quad three, quad four teams so far this season. So some added pressure maybe as you think about an NCAA tournament resume and ultimately an NCAA tournament seed. It's one of those games that you you don't want to lose for multiple reasons. Yeah, there's no doubt that the uh, one of the things we've learned about the net system here since it's come into existence over the last few years is that avoiding bad losses is right up there with you know getting good wins um as you said indiana to this point in the season has no quad three or quad four losses minnesota would be their first um but they're not they're not an easy out based on what i can tell or at least they're they're wildly inconsistent you know they 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 took Michigan down to the wire on the road. They took uh, Wisconsin down to the wire on the road. They beat Ohio State on the road. Um, those are games that you get your attention at the very least. And they have tough matchups. I mean, I remember thinking this before the season when I was looking at the various rosters. I mean, Minnesota's very unique in that they have two forwards uh, that are really both stretch fours and Battle and Garcia that, you know, both lefties that can shoot threes all day long, really versatile, modern stretch fours that uh, that are matchup problems. I think you see Rosamond on, on the radio show last night talked about that. But those guys are tough covers that, that Indiana doesn't really, you know, have clear answers in terms of the, how to guard guys like that. I think Race did an okay job on, on battle last year, um, but they will be ready to go. Jordan Geronimo is going to give up a bunch of height to, to both of those guys, although he makes up for that somewhat with length and athleticism. But, yeah, um, you know, I think Indiana, Ken Thompson, like Indiana by 10, but uh, I, I, if Minnesota gets hot from three, you know, it, it could get interesting. Let's put it that way. Yeah, for sure. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, joining us for the latest 
on IU basketball. You know, Monday night we got a chance, and I unfortunately did not have a chance to listen to the whole thing, but we got a chance to hear from Coach Roseman. He set in for Mike Woodson on the Inside Indiana Basketball Show, hosted, of course, by Don Fisher that airs Monday nights here on the Big X. Woodson was attending, I believe, a, a funeral awake in New Jersey, but uh, an opportunity to get to know a young and up-and-coming guy. He's been lauded as a great recruiter, somebody that has tons of connections down south and in the state of Georgia, specifically, I think, the Atlanta area. But uh, kind of an interesting guy. He uh, he definitely uh, has a little bit of spunk to him, and I guess you would, you would expect that with a younger coach. Yeah, no no doubt. I, I've noticed when I'm around the team that the guys just really gravitate to him and his, and his energy. I think he's really well-liked uh, by Mike Woodson and just generally within the program. I, I think he's a... You know, a guy that has a really interesting career path, um, you know, both as a player and a coach. Went to multiple JUCOs as a player and then, then had a pretty good career as a player at Oregon back in the Ernie Kent days. Um, and then multiple stops as an assistant coach and got, you know, his name at least got caught up in some of the stuff that went on at Alabama and that set him back for a year. But, you know, I think he came highly recommended to Woodson when, when he took the job as a guy that, you know, was a recruiter but also knew the game. And I think, you know, thinking back to last year, the, the win against Purdue in Bloomington, that that was his game plan that he came up with. And it was one of the you know, tougher ways that Purdue was defense the entire year with an elite offense last year. Um, so, so I think he's respected it in both regards. Um, and, and so it was interesting to hear his thoughts. I mean, I, we've heard Woodson allude multiple times to this kind of transition from a three-game losing streak to a three-game winning streak, talking about, you know, practices getting harder, you know, finding ways to have the team play harder. And I think that's what stood out to me from, from Rosamond's comments last night is that, you know, that they have truly been doing that. They, they've been practicing differently here over the last two weeks. Uh, you know, not taking days off or, or going light the day before games, you know, having intense focus practices, and, and they're seeing that translate to game day, and he said that that's going to continue to be the case here going forward. I, I think, you know, if, if this trend continues of Indiana playing well uh, down the stretch, I think we're going to have to go back and revisit and kind of give credit to the coaching staff for, for change, make, making changes and finding answers midseason. Not always easy to do and questioning themselves and their methods and motives for getting through to players and, and you know, motivating players to, to play a little bit harder. Because, I, I, you know, it's so hard to quantify as a guy playing hard or not, but it, it's also hard to argue the fact that they are, I mean, you can see it. It's, it's tangible. There's, there's a lot more effort on the court. There's a lot more focus, a lot more execution of the game plan, a lot less mistakes. So um, but there's no doubt in my mind that, that they have made adjustments this year to at least, you know, this point in the season are getting through it and translating on, on the court. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, you know, talking about Coach Roseman, and then we saw Coach Walsh down here in southern Indiana Back over the holidays, he came to the New Albany Centerville, Ohio game. I know that there's some real young guns in college basketball these days, and occasionally you see a really young guy get a head coaching opportunity. But I got to believe Coach Roseman and then Coach Walsh specifically, those are two young guys to be an assistant coaching 
spots at a high major school with the tradition of Indiana. Um, I've got to believe that even though Coach Woodson might be up there a bit, and Kenya Hunter's a, a seasoned person in the coaching world, Indiana's got to have two very young guys in big positions here. Yeah, they do. I mean, especially Walsh. I think he's, what is he, early 30s, if, if I'm thinking about it right. Um, had never really been involved with on-the-court coaching or, or game planning to, to a great extent coming into this year. And that was one of the things I was interested in is, you know, because I think people know Woodson divides up his uh, game planning duties. He just rotates it between the three assistants. So that meant Walsh was going to get every third game as kind of the lead guy to come up with a game plan. Um, that, that's a lot to put on a young guy's shoulders. I know it's a very collaborative effort, you know, amongst Woodson and the three assistants along with some support staff and consultants that they have. Uh, like Jim Todd and Armand Hill and, and Randy Whitman, but um, nevertheless, when, when it when push comes to shove, there's every third game is on on Brian Walsh's uh, desk that, that, that he has to execute. And if I'm if I'm remembering right, uh, obviously one of the three in this three game winning streak was was his. I think it was Michigan State. So you're basically asking him to go up against uh, Izzo and deliver a third straight win for the program. And I, I thought that, you know, what they did in that game was exceptional on both ends of the floor after a little bit of a, a shaky start. So, um, yeah, up, up and comers, no doubt. Um, you know, it, it was interesting, the whole transition last year with Dane Fife. Um, you know, a lot of hammering and head-scratching when that happened. But, you know, that was, I think that was ultimately just Coach Woodson, you know, feeling his way through a first year and knowing what he needed in, in the world of college basketball, which I think is much different than it is in the NBA. Yeah, most definitely. All right, uh, let's dig in a little bit more on Minnesota, Indiana's next opponent. Uh, they've had a couple okay moments, but other than that, it's a Minnesota team that's not too exciting. Uh, your thoughts and maybe break down that matchup for us a little bit? Yeah, I mean, they're – I think coming into the season, they, they were the team along with Nebraska that that looked on paper like was going to be one of the, the two worst in the league, and that certainly played itself out. Um, they had some bad luck before the season with a couple guys getting knocked out uh, with, with injuries. So they're, they're a very thin team. Uh, don't don't go very deep. Aren't very big. Um, you know, Garcia six Dawson Garcia six eleven. And if people recognize that name, that was a guy that Indiana recruited heavily, and I, I believe what they were down to the, the final two. He committed to Marquette over uh, Indiana back in, I believe it was 2019. Been a year at Marquette, then went to North Carolina, and now he's back in Minnesota, which is his home state. Um, so he, he's 6'11", but he's not really a post guy. He's more of a, a stretch four. Um, so they, they don't really have, like, real Big Ten size. In the, in the way that some of these other teams do. And they're very inexperienced in their backcourt. You know, Tavon Cooper is a, a transfer, and he's, he's making a good percentage of threes, not at high volume. He, he's definitely a threat from three. He's making 49%, but only on 51 shots so far. So he, he's somebody that, you know, Indiana will obviously have to keep track of and, and not lose. Um, but... Beyond those guys, the Garcia, the Cooper, and Jamison Battle, this isn't a team that, that really strikes a lot of fear in you. I think as long as they can 
come up with answers to, to you know, run those three guys off the three-point line. I, I think Indiana will be in pretty good shape, and, and it should be a game where IU should really dominate in the paint the way we've seen with, with some of the other smaller teams that they played in the, in the non-conference. All right, let's uh, let's think here for just a moment. If, it, if Indiana could go on the road and get the win over Minnesota, as they're projected, predicted to do tomorrow night, and then come back on Saturday if they could beat Ohio State, who's had some good moments and some struggling moments here recently as well, that would actually be a quad one win, which for late January, with a little streak this team is on and could be on with a couple more wins, uh, a quad one win to kind of wrap up this stretch would be really impressive. Uh, what does Indiana basketball look like in February or March Big Ten tournament or NCAA tournament if this team could find a way to put five in a row and get a quad one victory over Ohio State? That would have to totally change the trajectory of things, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, the trajectory's already changed dramatically. They, they went from number 32 in the net last week, which is starting to get into that you know bubble conversation into 19 this week, which is more, you know, five seed-ish kind of range. So that, the trajectory has already changed dramatically. Um, you know, February last year was brutal for Indiana. I think they lost, what, what was it, five in a row. So it's it's hard to start thinking too much about that stuff, but, but we are getting into that, that area where, where it does start to come up into the conversation. So, uh, you know... Uh, I kind of had the same look at the schedule as, as you just said. You know, beat a Minnesota, win on your home court against Ohio State, which I, I got to say, fans shouldn't take Ohio State lightly. I know their record may may suggest they're down this year, but they, they struggled when Zed Key was out, the, the center who was off to a fantastic start. I think he got hurt very early in the game against Purdue and just came back in their last game. So I, I think they'll be a lot more competitive on Saturday than, than what they've worked here to play. So I think that's going to be a tough game, but certainly winnable on their home court. And I think going out to, to Maryland in, in that next game is very winnable as well. I mean, they've been a very up-and-down team, and, and I think Indiana matches up pretty well with them. So there, there's a chance that a three-game win streak turns it in, into six. You know, I won't say easily, but I, I won't say it's a anywhere near impossible either. And then that sets up the, the first of two with Purdue. Um, so a lot of different directions this thing could go, and, and the schedule does get really ugly again with that Purdue-Rutgers-Michigan to uh, start off February. So there's, it, it's going to be an absolute grind, but you know all you can do is say, you know, Indiana's in the right place right now. They're going to get healthier, and, you know, as you're – Texture question, the, the biggest question of all might be how they integrate everything back together amid playing well, because you know, that is the number one thing on my mind right now anyway. Absolutely. Let's close out today with a little love for the IU women's team, uh, number six in the country, a big win last night over top 15-ranked Michigan. Things continuing and really have been all season long to trend in a great direction for them. I'm curious what their ceiling could be like, what kind of noise they could make in the Big Ten tournament and, of course, in the women's version of March Madness. I mean, I truly think their ceiling is Final Four. Um, I don't see any holes in their team. They, 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 their two issues last year were three-point shooting and depth, um, and they've addressed both of those this year. They're, they're still not a 
super deep team, but, you know, games like last night, you bring Sarah Scally off the bench. I think she scored 19, um, which was her average last year in the Big Ten for Minnesota. I mean, not, teams don't have that coming off their bench. Um, so I, and they are just at all three levels with Mackenzie Holmes on the post, Grace Berger in the mid-range, and three really good shooters out on the perimeter. They, they are very hard to guard, and they weren't a great offensive team last year, so they've changed in that way as well. So I, I, I believe they are Final Four capable, but we're going to find out everything we need to know about them because their schedule is even harder than the men's schedule. They're going to tie right now, three-way tie for first with Ohio State and Iowa. They play both of those teams uh, twice here in their last, whatever it is, nine games. So it's all going to get settled on the court here in the next six weeks for sure. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, great run today. And I tell you, again, it's hard to believe from week to week, definitely a couple weeks to a couple weeks, what our conversations could be or change. So if we're having another conversation next week after two more Indiana victories, that will be really something. Uh, So we'll see how it plays out. But a fun time right now to be an IU fan. And, Mike, thanks for joining us to break things down on a weekly basis. All right, Matt. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, that'll wrap up our segment with Mike, and we'll head to a commercial break. High school basketball on the Big X. We've got more of that coming up this weekend. I'll tell you our plans for the weekend very soon. And uh, we'll catch a quick break. We'll come back and wrap up our Tuesday program. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday program to wrap things up. A reminder, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available wherever you find podcasts. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. This Indiana team, I mentioned their next game at coming up at Minnesota on Wednesday night. We'll obviously have that broadcast here on the Big X. And then Saturday, a really big one against Ohio State coming up. And we'll have some high school basketball mixed in over the weekend as well. But after that, as Mike mentioned, to wrap up the month of January on the very last day of the month, January 31st, a game at Maryland. And then the big one. I hate to say the next big one because they're all so big in the Big Ten Conference, but possibly number one ranked Purdue uh, on February 4th, Saturday afternoon uh, at 4 p.m. It's in Bloomington. The first of the two games is for Indiana. So, If you look at things, obviously Indiana's on a hot streak right now, but so important for this Indiana team to finish the month of January strong and maybe try to win out because when you look at Purdue at home to start February play and then a game, it is at home against Rutgers, uh, and then Indiana goes to Michigan, February is not going to be easy. No day, no week, no month is easy in the Big Ten Conference, but to me, Purdue and Rutgers – two big nemesis recently of 
this Indiana program uh, two very tough games. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But just another reason, I think, for this team to uh, try to do everything they can to finish the month strong and maybe try to win out. Uh, that would be quite a deal if they could accomplish that, but uh, we'll see. So uh, Indiana and Minnesota coming up on Wednesday night, and then Ohio State on Saturday. Those are the next two in line. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday show. Back with you Wednesday, we'll have Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star, and also with us, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, as we talk local sports, uh, high school basketball specifically all coming up on our Wednesday program. And, of course, it'll be a game day edition of the show. We'll get you all ready uh, for IU Minnesota. We'll talk about some of the matchups, what to expect from the Golden Gophers and more. So make sure you tune in for that tomorrow. Uh, have a great Tuesday. I think we're supposed to get some weather late tonight, early tomorrow morning. So be vigilant of that, and uh, hopefully that passes us by. But we'll talk with you tomorrow at 11 o'clock here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.